We're going to talk about ingrown toenails and infected fingers we have to pop with needles. It's going to love it. You ready? Who wants to pray for us? Someone like to, who'd like to pray this morning? Grant, lead us in prayer. Amen. Amen. Good. Thank you, Grant. Uh, growing up, well, I had a really bad habit, and it was biting my fingernails. I'd love to say that I don't do that anymore, but I'm so different to what I used to be. Now I find myself, when I'm stressed, biting my fingernails. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Anyone bite their fingernails growing up? Yes. And I used to bite them so much that I used to bite them down as far as I could possibly bite them without you know, as far as you could go. And then I'd bite the skin around the outside of the nail. And then on occasion, I'd pull the wick out. And if you pull the wick out, then it gets red and it gets swollen and it gets infected. And sometimes you can get this yellow pus build up around the... You know what I'm talking about. So once I went to the doctor about this yellow pus and, and, the, and the doctor got a needle and he stuck it in and then he squeezed the pus out and I thought, I can do that. So from then on, whenever I got an infected finger, I'd stick a needle in there and squeeze the pus out myself, stick a Band-Aid on it and it was fine, sort of. But growing up, I used to learn piano. So whenever you have like an infected finger and you're trying to play piano, oh, nasty. So I used to get sticky tape or Band-Aids and take it up really hard so that when I clonked on those keys, it wouldn't be as painful. But that's a nice story. Let me tell you about some ingrown toenails. So what I, also, what I also used to do is I used to get whatever nail I had left and rip off the, uh, the, the, big, the big toe, yeah? Rip the top of the nail off the big toe. Now, when you do that, it goes really bad because the, cause it's not straight and then the nail goes around the side and you pull that out, which means you have a bit of nail sticking sideways. So when it grows up, that nail grows that way, which creates an ingrown toenail. Who's had them before? Yeah, they're the best thing ever, aren't they? They're lovely, aren't they? And so what I did is I, is I, um, I went to the doctor and the doctor gave me a needle. He got these scissors and he cut down the nail and used this like spoon thing and got all the nail out. It really hurt even though I had a needle and then bandaged it up. Now I thought, I've seen that. I can do that from now on. So whenever I got my own, sorry, Linda, whenever I got my own ingrown toenail, I operated on myself. Now one time it got so bad, I've operated on my sister's toe. Did I fix it? Oh, Dr. Nathan, look out. So, so whenever I got ingrown toenails, I would then operate on myself. But one time, it got so bad that I, couldn't, that I couldn't get it out. So I went to the doctor, and he looked at that, and he said, that's too bad, I can't fix that, go see a specialist. I went, I'm not going to do that. So I went home and operated again, and I cleaned it up, and haven't had a problem since, yeah? Now, it takes about two weeks to heal. I haven't had them for many years, thankfully, because it's like, when you grow up mature and stuff, you get them, I think. Uh, um, but when you have them, oh, if you kick your toe or if you, someone treads on your toe, it's, it's the worst. It's not the worst, but it's really, really, really bad. It's like, ow, oh, that really, really hurts. And, and friends, when we have these sores, pain, things like that, in it, blah, 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 things like that in our body, it can really hold us back from living in the fullness that God would have for us. And you know what? Um, I'm talking not just around 
ingrown toenails or infected fingers this morning. I'm talking around physical ailments, I'm talking around sickness, I'm talking about disease, I'm talking about the things that happen in our body that's, that's not great and that these things can hold us back from living in the abundant life that God has for us. Now, if you have something like that going on, it doesn't mean that you can't serve God because you still can, if you're sick in bed, you can pray. It doesn't mean that you still can't type encouraging messages on Facebook. But it holds you back from the fullness of what God can have for you. Let me tell you what I mean. If you're sick, if you picked up some sort of bug, it zaps your energy, you stay away from people intentionally, which is a good thing because we don't want to share that. 1 Timothy 6 says share finance, but sharing diseases and sickness, that's not, that's, that's not a good thing. And so we withdraw, and regularly we can feel awful. I had a um, food poisoning at the end of last year. I don't know if you had food poisoning before, but oh my goodness, it was just the, like bad. I become friends with the toilet, like me and the toilet, we hung out together for like two days. We were like the best of buddies. I had to have an, a needle to stop the flow. Um, and I just felt awful. And, and, and that's not just sickness. It could be disease. It could be something that's happening in, in our body that's not great. You know, when we're sick, we separate ourselves, but that's the opposite of what God wants for us in life. He wants us to be with people, encouraging people. He wants us to have be people who have got energy and life to share and to love and to give. And sickness and disease can hold us back from those things. It's the same with pain. I don't know if you're a person who carries pain. Praise God, I don't carry pain. But if you carry pain, again, it can hold you back from doing the things that God might want you to do or you want to do to serve God. When you have pain, you, even if it affects your attitudes. You're more irritable. Easy to get frustrated and cranky and angry because there's something going on in your body. This is now our fifth week, I think, in the series of roadblocks to moving forward. And what we said, friends, is that God's desire for us is that we move forward, that we take initiative, we step into everything that God has for us that we um, listen to the voice of the Spirit and then be obedient to that voice. That's what we mean when we talk about moving forward. And what we've done looking at roadblocks, we've looked at a lack of vision, we've looked at fear, we've looked at shame, we've looked at wrong thinking, we've looked at the flesh, And the roadblock we're going to look at this morning is sickness. Now, I couldn't think of a word that included sickness, disease, pain, physical ailments, body not working properly, so I've included it all in the word sickness. So when you hear the word sickness, include all those things. Is that okay? Sickness can hold us back from living the life in abundance that God has for us. And we smash this roadblock by coming to Jesus, who is our healer, by pursuing him 
and receiving the healing that God has for our lives. When I was a youth leader about 10 years ago, I remember a story very, very vividly. There was a young kid named Tim. Some of you guys will know Tim. He was a Christian kid, part of the church, part of the youth group. And one night we were doing a running game and he fell over and he busted his knee. He was in pain on the floor. And I raced over to him and I said, Tim, are you okay? No, I'm not okay. It's my knee. I said, can I pray for your knee? He said, all right. So I stuck my hand on his knee and I prayed, in Jesus' name, be healed. And as I prayed that, underneath the skin, something shifted. He felt it. I felt it under my hand and the pain left and he got back up and started walking freely again. How do you explain that? It's the power of God. Another time we were at a, at a life group and at the beginning of the night, Michelle said, Nathan, I've got a shocking headache. Will you pray for me? So I stuck my hand on her head and I said, in Jesus, I don't know what I said. I prayed for this, that, that it would leave. And, and as I prayed that, Michelle's testimony is that she felt the headache go out the top of her head and disappear instantly gone. How do you explain that? Power of God. A few years ago, I had a sore shoulder, and I've shared this story a number of times, and I could lift it to there, it was fine, but as I lifted it above there, I had all this pain in my shoulder. And one Sunday morning, I was in church standing here, I was worshipping the Lord, and I sensed the Lord tell me to lift my hands, and as I lifted my hands in worship, I was instantly healed. No more pain, easily, up and down. Again, a story of the power of God. And, and I could tell you many stories. And Nev, who's part of our healing room ministry, could tell you many stories. And, and you as a Christian have experienced healing. You've seen healing. You've heard stories of other people being healed. There's many. We could spend hours telling stories about the power of God. Couldn't we? And even with those stories being told, even with documented healings, people still ask this question. Is it God's will that people are healed? Is it God's will that people are healed? And friends, the short answer I want to say this morning is yes. Now, there's lots of reasons I could give you, but I want to give you two this morning. The first one is this. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If anyone asks you the question, what is God like? point him to Jesus. Because Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because God, Jesus, Hebrews 1 says Jesus is the exact representation of God. Colossians said God was, placed, God was pleased to put all his fullness to dwell in Jesus. So when we look at Jesus, we look at God in flesh. And it says about Jesus that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. As we look at this as we look at this, the our stories in the Gospels, we see Jesus healing over and over and over again. And the, and the Bible says that Jesus didn't turn anybody away. Not everyone got healed in Israel, but everyone who came to Jesus did. Everyone who came to him in wanting healing, they got healed. Jesus wanted them to be set free. Luke 4 says, Jesus has come, the Spirit of the Lord is upon him, to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, which is about sin, recovery of sight to the blind. That's physical blindness if you look at the Greek translation and how that word is being used in other accounts in the Gospels. And to release those who are oppressed, 
Jesus came to set the captives free. The second reason I, can, I want to give you is around this. In Matthew chapter 6, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches his disciples to pray. And he says, this is how you should pray. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then he says this, your kingdom come. In other words, God, you be king. You reign over people. You reign here. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, God is in a place called heaven. Where is that? I don't know, heaven. He's in this place where God is. And the Bible gives us a glimpse of what heaven is like in Revelation. And Jesus tells us about it. He says in John 14, there's many rooms. And then in Revelation chapter 21, John has this picture of heaven. And in, Revel- and in Revelation chapter 21, verse 3 and verse 4, it says this. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Friends, there's no sickness in heaven. There's no, there's no disease in heaven. There's no sorrow in heaven. There's no pain in heaven. And here Jesus says, We ask that your will that's done in heaven, no sickness, no pain, no that list, that thing that's done in heaven will happen here. It's Jesus' will that there is no sickness, no stuff here. And I could tell you many other reasons, but there's two for today. I was watching uh, Joseph Prince this morning. I'm going to give you the third one. Not that I was going to. I, in my notes, I was going to talk about Isaiah 53 and Matthew chapter 8. And in Isaiah 53, it talks about the suffering servant, which is pointing towards Jesus. And it talks about the, the, the arresting and, and the death of Jesus. And in that, he talks about how Jesus takes our pain and our disease. And by his wounds, we're healed. And in Matthew chapter 8, the writer of Matthew quotes Isaiah 53 to say that what Christ has done isn't just about sin, it's also around sickness as well. And that's what I heard this morning from, um, what's his name? Joseph Prince at 7 o'clock on Channel 10. I said, well, maybe that's a sign. Maybe I was supposed to say that because I had it in my notes and I took it out. So if you're interested in that, Isaiah 53, Matthew 8, you can have a look at the comparison there. So we have this question. Is it, is it God's desire for people to be healed? I want to say the answer is Yes. Which leads to the second question. Why isn't everyone healed? Now, you might be here today and you may have lost a loved one. And you may have prayed for a loved one and believed for a, young one, a loved one and they, and they lost their life. And I want to say that that's a really tough situation. And this message could bring up some feelings of the past. And if you're struggling this morning, please sit with me, sit with someone else that you trust and, and, and talk through that. Yeah? The question I have here is, why isn't everyone healed? And the, answer that, and the answer to that question is, I don't know. I don't know why everyone's not healed. I don't know the answer. Now, it took me a, a few years to get to that place to go, I don't know the answer because I like to have answers for things. I like to be organized and strategy and a bit of a control freak there. Anyone think that's... Don't ask that question. 
God, show me how, show me why, show me. And it got to that place to say, you know what, I don't know why. You know what, I'm okay with that. Because what it says is that I'm not God. I don't need to know everything, but he does, he knows, and I can simply trust him. Trust him with that stuff. When uh, Joel was four, my little boy is now seven, when he was four, and, you, and if you've been in church for a few years, you've heard this story. Um, halfway through the year, Joel got ear infections. His temperature spiked, got up to 39. Um, we took him to the doctor, and the doc- doctor looked in his ears, they're bright red, and he goes, you need antibiotics. So we got some antibiotics, that was good. That lasted a week and a half, two weeks, or whatever it lasts. And then his temperature spiked again. Okay, what's wrong with him this time? Back to the doctor. Yeah, his ears are red. You need more antibiotics. We finished the antibiotics. Everything's good for a week and a half or whatever it was. Temperature spikes again. Oh, what's wrong this time? Back to the doctor. His ears are red. 13 courses of antibiotics. 13 courses. That's a period of four or five months. Whenever he went off the antibiotics, his temperature would spike. And we're praying, God, healing. God, heal his ears. We pray the temperature's not there. And Joel had some febrile convulsions. If you're not, they are. They're like fits for kids when their, temp- when their temperature goes up too fast or down too fast. They have these fits, and it's apparently good for them, God's way of getting the temperature right. But if you see them, they're super scary. Has anyone seen that, experienced that? Holy dooly, yeah. Scary, scary, scary. Um, And so we're praying, God heal him, God heal him. So, so the doctor says, this is going on too long. We're about three or four courses in. You need to go see a specialist. He needs to get grommets, which are things in your ears which are open. So it lets the air, air in and out to keep them dry so the moisture doesn't build up, gets clear. We, we are, went on holidays during this 13 courses of antibiotics over this four-month period, and we ran out of antibiotics. Guess what happened to his temperature again? Spikes go to the local doctor, and the doctor says, yeah, his ears again, he's more antibiotics. We told him the story, and that doctor said he has to get grommets. Go to the specialist, and that will sort it out. So we go, antibiotic, antibiotic, end up at the specialist, and we get to the specialist after lots of prayer, and the specialist looks in his ears and goes, why is he here? And I look at Michelle and I go, huh? What do you mean? Uh, There's nothing wrong with his ears. What? We prayed that God would heal him, that he wouldn't need the grommets. We prayed and we prayed and we prayed, and his ears are clear. Wow, his ears are clear. And we told him the story, and he goes, That's, you, your story doesn't make sense, he should need grommets. So what we'll do, we will book in the operation anyway. And if he's fine, um, come to us one week out from the operation. We'll have another check, and if they go back, we'll give them the operation. But if he doesn't need it, he won't need it. Great. So a week before the operation, we go back. His ears are clear, and he hasn't had any more ear infections for the last three and a half years. Praise God. Good story? Then at the end of last year, Joel turned seven. And for some reason, we got his ears checked, and it turned out that he's had some gluey. Now, gluey is caused by this canal being blocked up, apparently. If you're a doctor, you can help me out. Diane, you don't know? Apparently this, these, these tubes get blocked up, which causes some gluey, which is around um, deafness, like partial deafness, but it can be fixed up by clearing it out. And we prayed. Did we pray anywhere near as hard? 
No, because there was no, there was no temperatures, there was no infection other than blockages. So we prayed a bit, God healing, but we're okay, if you know what I mean. How dodgy is that? Anyway, we go to the doctor, go to the specialist. The specialist says he needs to have grommets. We book in the operation, and guess what? He has grommets. And we got the grommets four weeks ago. Two stories. One story, lots of infections, and God heals him. The other story, God doesn't heal him, and he has to have grommets. Now, you might say, well, God used doctors and medicine, and praise God he did. Praise God for doctors, praise God for medicine, the stuff he's given us. That's awesome, and we should celebrate medicine. God's given that to us. But I'm talking about the supernatural, the, the, the supernatural move of God. One story, we have God healing, and the other story, we have nothing happens. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? Now, you may have experienced that. I have. There was a guy, early, um, mid-20s in our church, about eight years ago, he got cancer and he passed away in his mid-20s. And we fasted and we prayed and we went to the hospital and laid hands and worshipped. We did everything. And he still died. But then another guy, he lives across the street from me, Trevor, he had a heart attack he had 20% chance of survival. I go to ICU, I pray for him. And as soon as I pray for him, things start to change and he picks up and he's out of hospital in no time. And he will tell you, it's Nathan's prayer that saved me. We have these stories, this tension. What do we do with that? Does that mean God's not consistent? Does that mean God picks and chooses? What does that mean? I want to say I don't know the answer to these things. And that's a safe place to be. I don't know the answer. I'm not going to blame this. I'm not going to blame that. God, you're God, and I'm going to trust you anyway. You know, one of the dangers is that when, when our experience doesn't go the way we want it to do, hear this, this is really important, we start to create theology based around our experience, not on this, which is his word. We need to ensure that our theology is based on the Word of God and not our experience because our experience can lead us to all different places but the Word of God is the Word of God. And sometimes life doesn't look like this. Sometimes the Bible promises this and we don't see it worked out. But you know what? I choose to stand on the authority of the Word of God even if I don't see it in reality. And here's an example exactly around healing. God is my healer. The Bible says that he wills it, but sometimes it doesn't happen. I don't understand that. One of the things that really helped me in this process, it, there is two verses. One, one's in 1 Peter, and it says, um, it's God's will that everyone comes to repentance. It's God's will that everyone comes to repentance. Does everyone come to repentance? Same thing with healing. I believe it's God's will that people are healed and yet and why? We don't know why. But the Bible gives us some pretty clear instructions about how to pursue Jesus for healing. Check these out. Are you ready for number one? In James 5, it says, call the elders. He says, get the oil out, which is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And, and in that passage, it's connected with confession of sin, which I think is something that's also important around that healing thing. 
Another story is in Matthew chapter 17. Jesus goes up to the Mount of Transfiguration and he's transfigured before Peter, John and James. And he comes down the mountain and the other disciples are trying to drive out a demon from a boy. And they can't drive it out. And Jesus comes to them and says, the reason you couldn't couldn't do it is because of a lack of faith. In Mark's account of the same story, Jesus says, to get out a demon like this, you need prayer and fasting. In Luke chapter 8, the woman with bleeding, Jesus says to her, your faith has healed you. And then in Luke chapter 17, the the story of the 10 lepers, it says, as they went, they were healed. Friends, there's a few instructions for us around healing. The first one is this. There's action involved. Call the elders. Go and you'll be healed. There's action required. The second one is faith. We need to believe God for the healing. We believe he will heal us. Trust God. Rely on him. Depend upon him. Faith. Mark 9 talks about prayer and fasting. Friends, we need to pursue healing. We need to chase after the things that God has for us. Now, I'm not saying that if you don't get healed, therefore you haven't got enough faith. That's a dodgy teaching. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that God wants us to have faith. God wants us to pray and fast. God wants us to act and call. And if people aren't healed, we've done everything the Word of God tells us to do, and people aren't healed, well, then we go, I don't know. We don't blame God. We don't blame ourselves. We don't blame others. We go, God, I don't know. But I choose to trust you anyway. Now, friends, if we're going to smash this roadblock of sickness, of disease, or physical ailment, whatever it is. Friends, I want to encourage you, thank you, Alvin, to pursue Jesus. Pursue the healing that Jesus has for you. Pursue him for the healing. You know, sometimes in our sickness, our disease, our physical ailment, we we say, this is my lot for life. Something's in our body that's not great, and we go, well... That's now me. And we get satisfied living in that. Or we say, well, God wouldn't possibly heal me. Who am I to be healed, God? That's for the special people, his favoured ones. Or We're not too sure if God has the ability or desire to heal us. I want to give you four stories briefly before we pray for, before we pray for people. I'm going to finish in like five minutes and at the end we're going to invite the worship team forward and we're going to pray for sickness, disease, physical ailments, whatever it is this morning, we're going to pray and we're going to believe that God is going to heal people today. Will you believe with me? If you're thinking, but what if? No, don't go what if. Go with the cup half full. God is good. Let's believe God for healing. Don't go, but what if? No, no. Yes, I believe God is going to heal me today. Go with faith. The first story I want to tell you is from Luke chapter 18, where you have these two blind men sitting at the gate at Jericho. 
and they hear this commotion as Jesus passes by and they yell this out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. And the crowd go, oi, shush, Jesus is too important. Shush, wait your turn. Shush, don't distract. They yell out even louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. They push through what everyone else thought and they pursue Jesus and Jesus stops and turns and he heals their eyes. In Luke chapter 5, we have the story of the four friends who see their mate who's a cripple and they have faith for his healing and they pick him up and carry him up to the roof. They dig a hole in the roof. They lower him down to Jesus and Jesus heals him there. You know, it would have been easy for them to say, oh, too many people, let's try another day or too many people, therefore God doesn't want this or too many people or it's too hard. No, no, they pushed through. They dug a hole in a roof to get their friend to Jesus. They pursued him for the healing because they believed what Jesus could do. In Luke chapter 8, we have the woman with bleeding, which I mentioned before. She'd been bleeding for 12 years, friends, and she went from doctor to doctor to doctor. And maybe that's your story this morning. You've been to doctor to doctor to doctor to get your stuff sorted and nothing's happened. And when, and when that happens, we can get discouraged. I reckon she's prayed many, many times, God heal me, God heal me, God heal me. And after 12 years, it would have been easy for her to say, you know what, nothing's going to change. But she kept on believing. She kept on pursuing Jesus and she pushes through the crowd, even at risk of being noticed as the one who's unclean and being rejected and pushed out. And she touches Jesus and Jesus stops and says, who touched me? And the disciples say, what are you talking about, Jesus? All these people are bumping up against you. And Jesus says, someone touched me differently. So you can come to God with our God uh, if you want to or whatever you Come to God differently. God, I'm believing today that you're going to touch me today. And as she came to Jesus and touched him, Jesus says, power went out from me. And Jesus here. Last story. In Matthew chapter 8, it's a story of the centurion whose servant has got a massive fever and he's in danger of life. And, and this centurion, at the risk of being seen as a softy by the people he led, the people above him, he pursued Jesus and Jesus commanded that his servant be healed. And friends, you might be here today and you might have to stand. You might have to stand in the gap for someone else and pray for someone else and believe for someone else to pursue Jesus for someone else to see them restored. Friends, pursue Jesus. And today may be your day as you come, and I'm going to believe it is. Today as you come and stand, and we had a whole stack of people get prayed for at the 9 o'clock service. It was awesome. And we're going to pray for a whole stack of people today, and I'm believing today is your day. But if it it isn't, don't stop pursuing. Go to healing rooms on a Thursday night or a Friday morning. Go Go to a healing conference. Get your life group to fast and pray for you. Pursue God yourself. Ask him, God, what is it that you want us to do? You know, Jesus tells people to wash. He puts mud in their eyes. He tells the lepers to go. Sometimes there's an instruction required. Where God says, do this and you will be. Listen to the voice of the Spirit. Pursue Jesus. Keep pursuing Jesus. And if it happens today or next week or next month or in a year or 10 years or whatever it is, continue to pursue Jesus for the healing.
It's there. It's available. God wills it. Chase it. So I'm going to invite the band to come. The worship team and people like Nev and Julie and other praise like Daryl and Ken and And, and, and worship team and Nev, and as we pray, don't pray, God, if it's your will, please heal this person. Don't pray that. Because we just said it is his will. Rather pray this. In Jesus' name, be healed. In Jesus' name, pain leave. In Jesus' name, disease stop. In Jesus' name, eyes open. And see what God does. Stephen, if you could put a recording on. And friends, Come. And stand with one of these wonderful people who are going to pray for you. And let's see the power of God at work. Stand, come.